0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fit as Buck podcast. I'm your host, Greg Buck, here once again with my co-host... Colin Besh! Woo! He's back. (laughs) All right, so today's episode, we're going to uh, take on the Misfit Athletics Unprepared podcast. So I know what we're going to talk talk about, and Andrew and Colin do not. So going into today's podcast, the topic we will be discussing is setting up 2020 goals and... How accessory workouts and or programming can get you to those goals more effectively. Ooh. So I'll give you a couple of seconds there to ruminate on that, Colin. Um, <laughs> Man, so obviously we know going into 2020, all of us have our New Year's resolutions, especially those of us who are experienced CrossFitters. A lot of times we have, well, this is my workout or my weakness I want to work on for the new year. What should I do, coach? You know, we get that question a lot. Um, come sit down with one of us. We're more than happy to talk out with you what would be our plan of attack. More times than not, when we have that discussion, I'll give you your plan of attack, so to speak, and then two or three weeks later, you're no longer doing that, um, especially when it comes to a higher level movement. A lot of us have goals of you know, higher level gymnastics or higher weight, uh, weightlifting movements. So that stuff takes time. Think about building your one rep max similar to getting those higher level gymnastics. You know, you don't just go from a 200 pound back squat to a 300 pound back squat overnight. Um, it takes time to build up into that. Similarly, similarly with the handstand push-up the toes to bar, the pull up, the muscle up, whatever you can think of, those movements are going to be, again, more like getting a one rep max than most of us perceive a lot of us just think hey i want to get this movement what do i need to do like i'm just moving my body through space that's not that hard what do i need to do to get there that's not really how it is when you're getting your first of a movement like that that's realistically a one rep max you're doing one rep to the max of your capability for one movement mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's just not on a barbell. So we frame it much differently in our head when we really shouldn't be. So, to me, the idea of accessory programming, again, come sit down with one of us and we can give you a rough outline of what you need to do. The crux of that is we're not going to follow through with it unless we have a coach who's going to help us with that follow through. That's where the accessory programming part comes in. So, today we're going to talk a little bit about how our accessory programming um, offering works. The pros and the cons of it, and then the best way it can help you get those goals.
1: Yeah. So go ahead. I mean, I think step number one and something that I've learned over years of trying to accomplish – various physical goals in CrossFit I guess is to write it down like Mm -hmm. a lot of us come up with these things in our head about yeah like I and we tell other people like that's fine like yeah I want to back squat 350 this year you know what I mean like I want to get I want to take my snatch from 175 to 195 and like okay that's all fine and great and like I'm sure that lifting more would probably help that but as soon as you like start moving past that or as soon as we get into like March or April or stuff like that, you didn't write it down. There's no way to keep track of it. Like you, you just, you start to like lose that, um, that motivation, that drive. It's a long time. A year's a long time. We can't, it's hard to keep ourselves on track for that long without like guided help or like just not even from somebody else, but just guided help from ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, so step number one, I think that I have learned over the years is that whenever I have a goal like this or anything like that, I make sure that I write it down, and I either look at it once a week or daily or anything. It depend depending on the the extent of the goal, it kind of determines like how often I guess I want to think about it from the first thing. Like uh, a extremely general goal of mine is I want to qualify for the CrossFit Games. Obviously, that is steps and steps and steps away of a goal. Okay, so like that's not necessarily something that I think about every day. I have step goals that I think about every day. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like making or increasing my snatch to 245 or in or qualifying for a sanctional competition. You know what I mean? Like those are goals that I think about every single day. Mm-hmm. And I have those written down in places that I frequent. You know what I mean? Like I <laughs> We see the the Instagram posts with people who, like, write things on in dry erase on their bathroom mirror or something like mm-hmm. that, and that is just an everyday reminder when you wake up like, this is your goal. And I think that that uh, can help a lot, but, like, once again, I feel like we talk about this a lot in the gym with um, with just general workouts and Wattify and stuff like that. Like, writing it down and then keeping, like, track of what you're doing mm-hmm. is extremely important moving toward those goals. Mm-hmm. It keeps you on track, like you have a set timeline, and like kind of, I don't want to say like minimizing those goals, but kind of like setting up a track of when we want to reach certain milestones. Mm-hmm. So like every goal can have, I guess, like a mini goals within it. Like I, like I was mm-hmm. kind of discussing with the CrossFit mm-hmm. Games thing. It's um, like
0: long-term and short-term
1: goals. Exactly, long-term mm-hmm. and short-term goals. So like saying... I guess as a general example, I want my snatch to be 275. Well, probably by March, then it needs to be at least 240, right. and then like by June at 250, right. and like so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So on and so forth, and we're making those stair steps to gradually get to our goal. It's a it, if it's a year goal, a year resolution, then it should it's not going to happen overnight. So right. we need to find those kind of like steps in order to get there. And I think that that's kind of one of those things that you and me preach a lot via like these accessory things and um and what we do with our clients and that type of stuff because the first thing that i'll say is when we have a meeting to even think about accessory is to write down your goals and bring me that list mm-hmm. and I'm, i don't even say that like i don't even say like hey i want you to think about goals and we'll talk about them i want you to write them down and we will bring it in and we'll have a discussion over what you wrote down right because I think that that's like I said to bring the conversation of what I was just talking about full circle I think that's how
0: it needs to start sure. it, it needs to become tangible in some way right mm-hmm. yeah I agree um definitely agree with everything you said making the goal um having attainable stepping goals towards your long-term goal is huge like you said you know the top goal is going to the CrossFit Games, or the top goal is getting a muscle-up. Mm-hmm. Most of us look at look at that as, I want to get a muscle-up, and then we go and we try to do muscle-ups for 20 minutes after class three times a week. That's not going to get you a muscle-up. That's like just saying, hey, I'm going to do the Open every year, but I'm not going to train for it. Yep. Because maybe I'll get to the CrossFit Games eventually. That's essentially the exact same approach, which makes no sense. Exactly. So what we need to do is we need to make our stepping goals. So let's take the muscle up specifically. I generally like to tell people, if you can't do five strict pull-ups and five strict dips, you shouldn't be attempting a muscle-up, pretty much at all. Um, And I think that's a low estimate. I would even put it up towards seven to ten of each. That's in a row. That's no kipping. That's no bands. Just body weight. Being able to move your body through space for that amount of repetitions on both those movements. If you can't accomplish that or get close to that... Yeah, you might be able to kip your way up onto the rings or onto the bar, but that doesn't mean you necessarily have the required strength that I would like you to have, where you can do it safely or effectively. Exactly. So that would be maybe your stepping goal. So, all right, we're looking at the muscle-up. What's my accessory programming going to look like for this? All right, a couple times a week, I'm going to do strict pull-ups, strict dips. Then I'm going to do some muscle-up specific work, like the the get-out-of-the-pool drill, some ring turnover drills, whatever you're specifically working on, whether it's a bar or ring muscle-up. Um... Again, now we're breaking this down. We know we need to get to five or ten pull-ups and dips versus, all right, I want to get a muscle-up. We have now a trackable goal. All right, this week I did five pull-ups. Next week I want to try to get six. Yeah. The week after I want to try to get seven. And again, it's very hard with gymnastic movements especially because they're very absolute in nature. Um, we don't have incremental increases. We have We did one or we didn't do one. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard to get our minds around. Um, when we're progressing a back squat, say we put you on a five by five back squat progression. So we're going to do five reps, five sets of five reps once a week for eight weeks. And the goal is to add five pounds every week. Like that's a very small incremental increase. It's not like we're going to say, Hey, this week we're going to do five pull-ups and then five and one quarter pull-up. Like That's not how it works, so it's very difficult for us to conceptualize that in our head. But that is really how we need to approach it. The same way we approach weightlifting is how we need to approach gymnastics. We need to be able to break them down into smaller movements, smaller pieces, progress those smaller pieces, and then try to put it together as a whole. Maybe a better comparison with the muscle-up would be like the snatch, There's a lot of different parts of the snatch. So we see we're weak in the overhead position. All right, let's work the overhead squat. Let's work the snatch balance if we're bad at getting underneath the bar. Let's work snatch high pulls if we're bad at getting the bar off the floor. And work all those pieces so then at the end of the day, now our snatch is better. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be able to break it down. And that's where you guys need to leverage our expertise and this is what we're good at. Same as if I had a question about how to do my taxes. Yeah, I could maybe bullshit it and figure it out myself, but probably not going to get the best return. Hey, you could probably bullshit and maybe figure some stuff out and YouTube it, but it doesn't mean you're going to get your muscle up. Or maybe you do, but probably not as well as you could.
1: Yeah, and it's probably going to take you a lot longer to do your taxes than it would somebody who continuously does taxes for a lot of other people, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, I guess kind of like going off that, like a question that I would have is like, do you have like set ways that you program for certain
0: movements or do you think that it depends on the person? Um... I have, so depending on the movement, I would say in my head, I have an approach that I would take for each movement specifically. Mm-hmm. However, that does need to be tailored person to person. Let's do, let's take the handstand push up. Um, I think it's a little less complicated than the muscle up. Um, so let's take the handstand push up. We see this person wants to get a handstand push up, they have the required upper body strength let's say they can push press double their body weight Mm -hmm. right so they're very strong in the overhead position but they're scared to get upside down Mm -hmm. like okay you can do this like i know you have the strength to do this it's getting over the fear of getting upside down and learning the technique Mm -hmm. of the kip or the strict handstand push-up so now we just need to work the technique side of that on the flip side, we have a person who can only overhead press ninety five pounds, and they're a uh, hundred and eighty five pound man. If you can't strict press like close to your body weight, you're never going to be able to do a strict handstand push up. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so again, now that person, maybe they have the technique. It'd be hard to get the technique if you don't have the required strength. But maybe whatever, they're working on the the kip and the letdown, and they're good. They can hold the handstand very well. Maybe for them now, our approach is, hey, we need to work on upper body pressing. So we're going to work on dumbbell presses, strict presses, push presses, all that good stuff. Or body weight pressing drills for gymnastics. So yeah, everything, it's like CrossFit. When we have the overall picture of these are our strengths and weaknesses, the goal is to get well-rounded in each of them. And you can apply that to each individual movement as well. Mm-hmm. So we know for the handstand push-up, we need the technique, we need the ability to get upside down, we need the strength. Mm-hmm. So out of those three things, where do you fall short? And maybe that's more where the emphasis of that accessory work is focused on, mm-hmm. but you still need to hit the other two as well.
1: Yeah, which is why both of us, I think, really enjoy feedback and mm-hmm. when we do mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like the app that we use, True Coach has a... Um, area to enter results Mm -hmm. and i mean the i think one of my biggest appreciations is when somebody like says something of like hey i completed this unbroken right like like, all right then we could probably take a step up next week you know what i mean or i had to uh i went through one set and then i had to change the dumbbell weight down to 30s instead of 40s. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's really good information. All right, right, then maybe next time we'll do the 35s instead of the 40s, and we'll try and do maybe a couple more reps. Or you know what I mean? Like that kind of gives us the insight that Mm -hmm. we need in order to kind of personally tailor these things to you. So I, I think that like finding those, and I think that's kind of something that we both do. We both break certain movements down like the handstand push-up mm-hmm. into dumbbell presses push presses wall walks uh you know like practicing getting upside down handstand push-up negatives so many different things to do um in order to try and achieve that goal of getting handstand push-up but at the same time like the biggest help is is you letting us know where you struggled the most right in that you know what i mean if, uh, if I give you three-second dumbbell negatives and those go fine, but then I give you handstand push-up negatives and those don't go fine, mm-hmm. then we know that we probably need to work on getting upside down and what the right. issue is there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And at least that's one step in the right direction. Um, kind of, once again, taking that stair-stepper method of uh, achieving these goals. Mm-hmm. Or goals. Golds? <laughs> goals, Goals. Um, stuff like that, like, is really... Uh, easy i guess to break down Mm -hmm. in that way i mean me and you have have looked at movement for long enough now that we kind of have like the general patterns of how movements work and what different exercises we can break them down uh into in order to improve that certain aspect of your Mm -hmm. uh snatch handstand push-up anything one of these high skill movements Mm -hmm. right we we can break down a muscle-up into seven different drills to work on each individual part of the muscle-up. Mm-hmm. But, like, if uh, if you're really good at ring pull-ups, then we probably don't
0: need to work on ring pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of get what I'm mm-hmm. going for there? Yeah, and I think it's, like you were saying, in terms of the feedback we need from you guys as athletes. So we can look at you and tell you what we see is wrong, but you also need to communicate what Feels wrong, yeah. And that can be difficult, especially if you're not well versed in the movement or how it should feel. So we can communicate to you, hey, you need to keep your chest up in your snatch. You're bending at your waist and you're whatever, dumping into your low back on the pull. But if you don't understand what that should look like and what that should feel like, it's very hard for us to communicate that to you. So a little bit of education on your end of, all right, this is kind of what the snatch should look like can go a long way. So if you are working with one of us as a one-on-one coach, whether it's accessory or full program, those notes being super um, detailed is very helpful. Um, I just started working with a new client recently, Corey. He's a very interesting case because him and his wife were um, van living for like six months. Yeah. So their their workout space was changing week to week. Their timelines were changing week to week. And I don't know Corey super well as an athlete. So a lot of times at that point, it's almost like guesswork at the beginning. But Corey was very diligent with his notes and hey, this bothers my shoulder. This weight was too much. This number of rep scheme was too much. I couldn't get through with it. And then over time, we can build that rapport of, all right, I have a better idea of where his fitness and where his strengths are and where his weaknesses are. And then I can leverage my knowledge to best serve him and his fitness and his goals, which is the bonus of getting some work done outside of class. Obviously, our class programming is super awesome. Um, I love it. I do it frequently. Um, I'd love to do it more often. I love some of those workouts. Yeah, they're great. But the thing is, at the end of the day, you're not getting as much time to work on the specific parts of a lot of movements. You know, Mm -hmm. we saw it last week. We did the muscle-up progressions, which was really fun and awesome. A lot of people really liked that. But again, if you really want to get a muscle up, doing one muscle up progression session like a month or one every two months, that's not going to get you a muscle up. Yeah, and never will. Yeah, and I mean, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with
1: how we think about lifting weights. You know what I mean? If we're like Greg was saying, if if we do one muscle up practice session a week, maybe um and we only hit it for five to ten minutes, that's not a lot of time. It's the same type of thing as if I'm gonna improve my bench press or shoulder press or pressing in general, actually. Um pressing in general, the one of the few ways to get better at it is more pressing. Yeah. And that's kinda one of the, the biggest things that, that I think both of us take advantage of in trying to program for the handstand push-up and everything like that. Mm. Like in order to press you need to press. Mm. And there's only one way to press
0: is pressing more. Right. That was such a backwards <laughs> way to say that. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. and, but you mean like pressing more in terms of number of sessions a week, potentially the volume you're doing in pressing. So, yeah, more sessions equals more volume, but maybe more volume in each session, and then obviously weight or um, stimulus. Yeah. So we can look at different types intensity, of pressing. right? Mm-hmm. Re- intensity or resting between sets mm-hmm. or anything
1: like that. But I think like, and I, I'm almost, I don't want to change the topic completely but uh i actually think that like open 2020 goals like uh, open 2020 um that like 2020 goals like this can and the way that we're talking about them can actually be applied to nutrition as Mm -hmm. well um i mean like obviously there's like the stair stepper goal of like hey i want to lose 30 pounds this year okay well then probably by the first quarter or first third of the year that i need to lose 10 and then second quarter another 10 Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth but i really once again think that starts with uh, a a food log mm-hmm. um it's very hard to tell uh i mean even for myself like i've kept one for I think I'm on like a 165 day streak or something like that. But before that I was on like a year and a half streak. You know what I mean? Like Mm I, I usually, I'm usually keeping track. The Mm -hmm. only time I usually, I don't keep track is maybe like after a big competition or when I'm taking like a slight break from competitive CrossFit or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Like that's when I don't track my food, but I'm constantly like keeping track of what goes in my body. And that's just not something that like we do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So, Um, I just talked to somebody at the gym recently who wanted like a bit of input on my nutrition. And I was like, well, I mean, the first thing that I need is I need to know what you're doing right now in order to assess any type of change that we can make. So like, why don't we do, why don't we write down everything that we eat for a week and then we'll go over it. Mm -hmm. And I think that you actually do the same thing, correct? Mm -hmm. So I think that like, once again, step number one is writing it down. Mm -hmm. I, I think for some reason... In just like the psychology of our brains, I think in going from like maybe talking about it to actually writing it down makes it so much more tangible. Mm-hmm. We I, I don't know if it just like causes us to think about it more or
0: because we're, I, you you seem to have. I, I think, um, I do think it makes it, you have, so when you know you have to write it down and you have someone else who's going to read it, it puts some accountability behind it because one maybe you're embarrassed to take that fifth cookie that day. Cause you're like, Hey, if I know if I take this fifth cookie and I put it in this journal, like I know I'm going to get like some shit for it. <laughs> like that, that's a powerful motivator, you know? And I think for nutrition, especially most of us just think like, Hey, well I want to be able to eat intuitively quote unquote. That's like the buzzword and just be able to eat, you know, eat how I feel and intelligently. And that's fine. If you've been doing this a long time, like, like, I've been monitoring my nutrition in some aspects for like upwards of three to five years at this point so like if there's days where I'm like hey I know I'm drained like I need some extra carbs today like I can probably make that call but I also tracked my food for a long time so I know what that looks like and what's an appropriate amount of carbs and what's an inappropriate amount of carbs especially based on my activity level where for some of us we might be like oh I don't feel very good today like what's I'm the have deal? A bowl of ice cream. Right or that? Right, yeah, and like maybe there's a better option. Mm-hmm. And y- being able to get to the point where you can eat intuitively, I think, is a great goal for most of us. But I think realistically, you need to be tracking anywhere from three to like three months to like a year before you can even be on that level. Mm-hmm. And most of us don't want to take that step. Yeah. And I get that because it's a lot to take on. But if you get to the point where your tracking becomes second nature, which I would say within 30 days is doable if you're very on track with your tracking. Yeah. Then from there, you can look at your eyeballing more versus measuring more and you're still on track. Okay. I'm doing well. I'm able to eyeball my portion sizes now. Yeah. Versus having to measure away every single one. Yeah. That's what I was. And then you out. can kind of phase that out a little bit to be like, okay, now I just know generally alright I'm going to eat this meal. And I know that looks like 20 grams of protein, hundred grams of carbs, 10 grams of fat yeah. more or less in this meal eat it and then kind of have in your head like a running total almost of. all right i'm real low on protein today probably for dinner i should just need to eat like a shitload of chicken or whatever yeah being able to do that takes time though and all of us think hey i'm ready to do that right now i just need to eat healthy i just need to eat healthy yeah. and that's fine but even eating healthy, if you're not tracking it, can still be detrimental in terms of weight loss or weight gain. Yeah,
1: because we know that the most important thing in anything is consistency. Mm-hmm. So if we're not consistent with how we eat, too, mm-hmm. right. and we're constantly like... And I don't mean like, hey, we ate really good this week. That's, I mean, that's consistent, but as soon as you get to Saturday and you don't eat well that mm-hmm. Saturday, then there goes your entire
0: consistency and you're kind of back at, at square one, basically. Yeah, I used to be a big, like, that 80-20 rule was, like, a good thing. But when you look at that, like, on a psychology level, um, it never ends up being 80-20 mm-hmm. for any of us. No. Most of us think, okay, 80-20 is I'm going to eat really good during the week, and then I'm going to eat, like, shit on the weekends. Yeah. But realistically, when you break that down by number of meals or number of calories... It's nowhere near close to 80, 20, yeah. especially because most of us aren't perfect during the week either. Yeah. So even if you were a hundred percent perfect during the week, you didn't go out to lunch at all during the week with a client or with a buddy from work, or you never had that extra dessert at the end of a long day. And then you go on the weekend, you're like, I'm going to booze. I'm going to have fun, which is fine, but just track it. Like yeah. you can even track your booze or your party foods. And still be within your macronutrient breakdown mm. or your, um, I was gonna it or is your th- calorie breakdown. Yeah, I
1: mean it is the fourth macro, yeah. right? Here's some little nerd knowledge for you. There, <laughs> it is the fourth macro. Alcohol is what seven calories yeah. per gram, and I mean, <laughs> so we've got carbs and protein at four calories per gram, and fat at nine calories per gram, and that's typically the three macros that we pay attention to if we're going to weigh and measure our food. Mm-hmm. But you can keep track of alcohol, and it is a fourth macro. It it is seven calories per gram because okay. it's kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. So, but that's that's a whole different type yeah. of conversation that we can get into about. Uh, like nutrient quality and nutrient right. timing and, right. you know, Jesus Christ, that's an entire different podcast yeah. that we're for sure going to need Frank here for. Yeah, so. definitely. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it all comes back to having that accountability, whether it's for your accessory work or your progression work or your nutrition. Um, you know, a lot of us are very hesitant to make that leap to, well, I think I need more help, but I don't know who to ask or I don't know, what that's going to look like. you know. The best thing we can tell you is you need to try it and see what happens. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to make the leap. Get a personal training session. Get some accessory work programming done. Like All of us can afford $60 yeah. for one month. It's like, can- and if you don't like it, you don't have to continue to do it. Yeah. But... From what I've seen, everyone who we have worked with so far has seen great results. And those are only results you can get outside of class. Yeah. Again, none of us are saying class is not a great resource because it is. That's what CrossFit is based on. That's what we all love and love to do. But if you have those real goals, real concrete goals you want to make in 2020... We are providing you the resources that most other gyms don't provide mm-hmm. so you can actually make those goals. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of it. I, that was a huge thing for me when we started the gym was the gym I came from was very much go to your class. Take your class. All right, you got to get out of the way because, you know, the next class I'm... is coming and we don't have room. That's never how we've been in Ariac, That's never how we're going to be. Um... Take advantage of these resources we're trying to provide you guys. Yeah. Um, they can make a big difference in your fitness, your health, your nutrition. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the, the last thing that I wanted to say and kind of like going off the by no means are we saying don't take class mm-hmm. is because uh, class is like more based on our GPP. It's, it's general physical preparedness. So we're trying to make you as fit as we possibly can in class in that one hour a day that you're there. But if you have goals inside the gym that you want to work on specifically in order to get more GPP, then that needs to be worked on outside of class because it takes a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strength building. We, we usually only do with like 10 to 15 minutes of strength of weightlifting a day, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it takes just a little bit more like actual focus. I mean, class is also kind of a social event, right? And that's exactly what we want it to be. That, mm-hmm. that's It should be like that. So... Um, you know like it takes a little bit more like one on one focus of you like really like sitting there and being like all right i'm going to work on this today and this is this is the goal of this workout and movement and everything else right. for me and i think that that added focus or that i guess i would call it almost like a focused attention you're yep. actually you're really paying attention and being mindful about what you're doing because this is personal for you this is you right, right. You specific
0: I mean? to your goal that you sat down with your coach and said all right how do i get this done mm-hmm. we'll get you there yep um that's all i think i have for this one today i thought that was awesome um thank you for being here today colin follow us at Area on instagram at buck built coach on instagram follow colin
1: at cbash6 6, c-b-o-e-s-c-h-6 6. hit it drew on the keyboard boy turn up the beat more boy stay independent they take away millions so don't know what you mad at me for boy you
0: gotta love it all the way up can't touch it Ballin' on budget wreck it, execs say I couldn't cut it Check something in now they changing the subject who else here wants it living a life you can't covet honestly
1: one man can judge it I have everything I've ever wanted you do the math